tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Dodgers Rap 360 right here on AfterBuzz TV and AfterBuzzTV.com. Coming back after a week off for uh, for Labor Day. Thanks for sticking with us through the vacation week. I'm Bobby DeMiro, joined as always by Christina Kaplan. Hi guys. And next to her, Mike Conley coming over from Red Sox Rap 360. Hi guys. Uh, <laughs> We're giving him a pass. <laughs> Mike doesn't have a Twitter. He barely has a phone. Christina is at Tina Cap. On Twitter, I am at Bobby DeMiro. We got our phones on us right now. So if you want to tweet us Dodgers questions as the show goes on, if you're live streaming, you can do that right now. You can also tweet them at AfterBuzz TV. If you watch this later during the week, you can always comment, subscribe, do all that good stuff. We check those comments. We'd love to talk with you guys all week about Dodgers baseball. A lot to talk about today. Obviously, we're going to cover the last seven days. want to cover very briefly the seven before this, since we missed for Labor Day. Hope everybody had a wonderful holiday. I was watching a little AAA baseball myself. Um, exciting stuff. Uh, you can ju- send me a message via carrier pigeon. Is that how um, people that, can reach ideally, you? Ideally, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be. Do, can they can they walk up and shake your hand? Do you like face to face conversation? He I likes, do. Yes, he likes personal contact. Mike, how do you feel? Thanks if, for uh, listening, guys. <laughs> how do you feel if somebody's talking to you in face to face contact and they pick up their phone right in the middle of talking to you and they just kind of start doing one of these, you know, tweeting and texting? Initially, it was um, a slap across the face right away for those people, but after a few assault charges, I've had to curb that behavior. Huh? Typical, right. typical Boston Red Sox fan over here. Hey, you know, Sorry, it's an open hand. Wasn't listening to you. Somebody retweeted me. Uh, all right, let's get into it. Giants and Padres two weeks ago. Dodgers go six and one. What a difference seven days makes. Three weeks ago, we come in here full on panic mode. Dodgers going to screw this up. Giants are going to catch them. All of a sudden, looking pretty in the bag. Yeah, I mean that. Giants series was, I think, a much-needed boost of confidence for the team because, obviously, they have not been successful against the Giants all season. So that was definitely kind of... I think it just set them on the right tone and on the right track. And then the Padres series, I was actually in San Diego for the Friday game, which was Seager's MLB debut, and I think there was five total home runs in that game. It was a crazy, crazy game, but it was super exciting. There was a lot of energy. I felt a lot of energy from the team. Uh, We were sitting right behind the Dodgers uh, dugout, so we were pretty close, which was cool. But... Still, still just the bullpen. I think that's just our Achilles heel. And uh, I don't really know. I don't know how confident I am in that bullpen going forward. We will ask that question a hundred times today. We're going to ask it about today's game. Dodgers won, obviously, today's Sunday game. uh, Barely. Uh, San Diego, five home runs in a game. That's 10 at any other park. That's 20 at Coors Field. Uh, five in San Diego is a hell of a lot. Dodgers always travel well, so Petco's kind of like a second home, yeah. just like Angel Stadium is. We'll talk about the Angels series here this week. And, and increasingly, just like AT&T is and Dodger Stadium is for Giants fans. Have you noticed how well the Dodgers and Giants travel to each other? Yeah. It's the, there's some good dynamics there uh, in the NL West. Uh, all right, let's talk this week. We got Angels series. Dodgers go two and one against the Angels. Uh, I'm very happy with that. The Angels are a good team. They're probably slightly better than their record. May not end up making the postseason. They're right now on the outside looking in, but they've got some legitimate starting pitchers. Garrett Richards is one. He threw the third game in that series, dominated. First two games, though, Granky Kershaw did what Granky and Kershaw do. Weren't as dominant as they have been. They were mere mortal, Granky and Kershaw. Still got wins. Dodgers win two games against a good team. I'm not hating it. Yeah, I agree with you, Bobby, that the Angels are definitely better than their record shows, but they've just been hitting road bumps, and they've been struggling a lot. So we kind of, I think the Dodgers were able to capitalize on that, and two two, out, two and one is a great 
like you said, is great against a good team. And weird games. I mean, that first game with the Angels, Scott Van Slyke, four hits, the infield double. Yeah. <laughs> the weird, bizarre kind of infield double. Uh, Justin Ruggiano coming out of nowhere, you know, maybe playing for National League MVP. I'm just kidding about that. Nice but seriously, up. Justin nice Ruggiano coming out of nowhere as a pickup. When they got him, what was it, two, three weeks ago, we kind of said this doesn't make sense. you got a ton of outfielders. All of a sudden, every outfielder you got's down with a hamstring strain, it feels like. Right. Ruggiano looks pretty good. He uh, absolutely rakes for his lefties, too. It's ridiculous. Hit, hit had a pinch hit, two RBI double on that Monday. He's going to hit a home run or two later in the week uh, and doubled again on Tuesday. Uh, Granke doing well on Monday. Luis Avalon came in, allowed two runs in the seventh, made it interesting. Another day, another screwed-up bullpen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and... <laughs> Is that the official noise of the Dodgers exactly. pen? Exactly. And, well, and we, we always say here on the show that it's like a bunch of question marks and then Ken, uh, Kenley, you know, but now it's like Jansen is so overworked that he's there's a few chinks in his armor now. Yeah. It looks like he's kind of wearing down a little bit. So they're going to have to get faith in somebody fast to maybe kind of take some of those safe chances away from him. I mean, today, you know, Grinky spins a gem and then, you know, he gives up a three-run bomb in the ninth. Yeah, Jansen, you know, yeah. Just to keep it, uh, keep you interested, I guess. But and the thing, and, and I think every closer is afforded whatever the number is. It's more than one. It's three, four, five, six. Maybe messed up games, blown saves. You know, a couple dirty innings. But when you're Kenley Jansen, when you're this closer on this team, because the bullpen as a whole has been so suspect. Mm-hmm. When Jansen has his inning, has one of his six or whatever bad games you want to say, it magnifies because sure you can't have it from him if you. Barely get through, you know, Jim Johnson, Luis Avalon, Jimmy Garcia, Juan Nicasio. You barely get through these guys on a daily basis. You come to Jansen, Mr. Automatic is not automatic. It's it's painful. I mean, it's going to happen, but it's it's to me, it's twice as painful to see that happen because the rest of the pen is so bad. Yeah. And we haven't been blowing teams out. No. The Dodgers have not been blowing teams out. So there's always that situation where, you know, you're going to need the pen to come in and pitch some high leverage innings because it isn't always going to be Granky and Kershaw out there. That's only 40% of your starting staff, you know, down the stretch here. But what are you going to do in the National League Division Series in Game 3? Granky and Kershaw are going to start 1-2, whichever way they end up going. Bolsinger, Brett Anderson, Alex Wood. What are you going to do in Game 3 when somebody goes four innings, gives up three or four runs, which is how quick they're going to pull somebody in the playoffs. That's playoff baseball. Mm -hmm. And then you need Jimmy Garcia to go two, Juan Nicasio to go two. You maybe need Jansen to get a two-inning save. Can you you count on that consistently? Not right now. No. Well, the answer (laughs) is just happening now. Matt Latos going to the bullpen. That's just going to... Cure all that ails the Dodgers. Are, are they are they trolling people with Latos and Jim Johnson in the bullpen for a team twenty two over five hundred that's going to win their division? Looks like going away and is going to go into the playoffs. How do, that's spending over three hundred million dollars this year and has Latos and Jim Johnson in the bullpen? Yeah. How do you do that? I don't mean to be too critical of these guys, but but how do you do that? I I still I mean I've been saying it for weeks. I don't get the Latos trade. Yes, I'm happy we didn't give up a lot for him, but I still just don't see what they saw in him. And clearly he has not proved to be a good acquisition at all by any means. He's terrible and Jim Johnson is terrible. He's had maybe one good outing. And that's it. So it, it, your question to who goes third, Bolsinger or, An- or Anderson, I mean, both of them have been a little bit more consistent, but still, they're nowhere near a Granky Kershaw, which obviously is, is hard to kind of uh, mirror, but still... You can't really count on them. Like you said, there could possibly be a four. They could be in for four innings, and then we got to pull them. And then who do you put in? And you can't count on them either. It's just a real kind of nail-biter situation for that bullpen. And and I thought Wood was a potential, uh, you know, stud maybe that could come in there and uh, be a third starter for him, especially like, Two starts ago when he was sick, and then his last start, he got absolutely Horrible. blown up. <laughs> so it's like, he, I think he said this too in his post-game uh, comments that that was probably, like two starts ago was probably his best start with the Dodgers, and then he just had his worst. So obviously you're not going to get the consistency that you get at the top of your rotation in the two studs, but you need somebody to And Anderson has... 
you know, been pretty good this year for yeah. what you thought. And you thought he was going to break down, and he still might. He's kind of due for injury. <laughs> he's still got like Don't three starts that. left. Right? He's got Hold a chance. Um, no, but interesting. This is Ryu. This is where you need Ryu. You could have used him so much in that third role. Mm-hmm. Even not, not, not vintage Ryu, who was so good at times, but even just an average Ryu. Woods a four. Anderson is a four. Woods a five. That would have been a decent rotation. Four lefties, maybe you would have done it a little bit differently. It's sad. I miss Hanjin. Well, he's... he's <laughs> We'll see what happens next year. Shoulder injuries are a little bit different than elbow injuries, and we'll see how he recovers. But you really could have used a guy like that. Um, It's interesting they didn't go get anybody decent. I like Alex Wood a lot. He's a good fifth starter, but I think for the the starting rotation in the playoffs, you need three. You have to have three. You can go with just three, but you've got to have three. Otherwise, you do what the Diamondbacks did in, what, 01 or whatever, and they won the World Series. Um, or 98 when they won the World Series. They had Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson back-to-back-to-back-to-back. To back to back to back. That's very unlikely. You yeah. can do that. You can't count on that. Yeah. yeah. Well, they were also just going for broken that yeah. thing. you know. And they were like, we don't care if we burn through these guys. But, I mean, Kershaw's a guy you want to have around for a long time. And that's a fair point. Each yeah. of those guys are older. Each of those yeah. guys were, whatever, 6, 8, 10 years older than Kershaw and Granke. Yeah. It's a little bit different when they're selling out for a world championship. Whereas Kershaw and Granke, you want to sell out for the next... Five, six, seven years at least with each one of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little different. Um, and, and so, as far as Latos and Jimmy Johnson, they are horrible, but as the old saying goes, you get what you pay for. Yeah. You know, and, and we see why the Dodgers were so hesitant in getting put in Seager in any deal. I mean, we're seeing what yeah. the kid can do. He's a stud. And you just hope that Urias. You know, comes along from his eye issues and what have you, and he's the stud they all predict that he can be. So, when all you have to give up is Oliveira, you know, you're mm-hmm. gonna. And Darnell Sweeney, they send yeah. Darnell Sweeney out uh, to the Phillies in the Utley deal. That's true. Yeah. Um, but and that's the thing. And, and Seager's been a revelation. Uh, went two for three uh, Tuesday. Had a good day then. Hit a home run later this week. Um, a couple guys coming up. Ruggiano, we mentioned. Seager, obviously, he's different. The prospect, the September call-up. Scott Shebler coming out of nowhere. Yeah. We haven't seen him since spring training. I think he was up very briefly earlier in the year. But coming out of nowhere, hitting a home run, doing pretty well himself. Uh, it's it's You can't just plug in anybody into the outfield and make it work. And if you gave Shebler another 100 at-bats, he would you know hit 230, I'm sure. But in short spurts like that, this is the kind of help you need from guys like this until Enrique Hernandez gets back and Kendrick at second base if he ever comes back this year. And, yeah. and Carl Crawford, whatever's going on with him and his hamstring. And, oh, yeah, there's a guy named Yassiel Puig yeah. who it seems like hasn't played in 20 years. Mm. You know, They did say Crawford would have been available today if they yeah. needed him. Um Kendrick is going in simulated games Monday and Tuesday to try and test his hamstring. And uh, who else we got? Puig. Puig's still out. Puig, yeah, I mean. From what I heard, Puig is still questionable to even come back for playoffs. And if he does come back for playoffs, it's still up in the air whether or not he'll even start. So it's kind of, it's not looking good for him. Get ready for Scott Van Slyke. I like Scott Van Slyke a lot. I, I like what he does. He's not an everyday guy. You wouldn't give him 700 plate appearances in a year. But in short spurts, maybe in the playoffs, I, I like a guy like that. I think he's got energy. He does some cool stuff. Got a great beard. Um, <laughs> uh, the the thing, though, for me with a lot of these guys, with a lot of these outfielders, is it's real tough in September because you have this double-edged sword. We talk about this a lot, Mike. Mm-hmm. You have this double-edged sword, expanded rosters. Bring up Shebler. Bring up Van, you know, have Van Slyke there. Have whoever else you need there. Go, all, go for broke with Chris Heisey and Justin Ruggiano. You can use whoever you want because you have 40 guys to use. Uh, you're not playing minor league games, though. So Kendrick doing simulated games in the spring training complex coming back. I know he's a veteran. He's played a ton of games. He knows what he needs to do. But is he? if he comes back too late at the end of the year or just for the playoffs, does he hit the ground running? There's a difference between a simulated game at you know Camelback Ranch and a playoff game against the St. Louis Cardinals on October 6th or whatever the mm-hmm. case is. Totally. I mean, ideally you'd like to ha- get him back in that last week so he has yeah. like three or four games, you know, get 12 or 15 at-bats under his belt before heading into the playoffs. Um, but 
the one thing is with these guys getting banged up, it kind of forced them to go out and get these depth guys yeah. like an Utley, you know, like a Ruggiano. So once we do start getting guys back, and <laughs> Mattingly says he's putting Rollins back at shortstop, but I mean, good luck, buddy. I, I mean, how can you say? <laughs> I mean, he kind he kind of has to say that to just not put too much heat on Seager, anyways. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, if Seager keeps raking, I mean, how do you take him out of the? Uh, I remember the, the start of the year. I remember Mattingly really wanting to bring. Singer, Seager up right away, yeah. and it was just like, no, we have to, we have to do that. We got to, he's got to develop. We got to take time. I mean, yeah. it's clear how good he's going to be. You're not going to hit 460 his career, right. but it's clear how good he's going to be. He's the opposite of Jock. Jock, when he came up in September last year, was four for 28, struck out like 13 times. Mm-hmm. Seager's been dominant. Both are very small sample sizes, but a totally opposite September. Well, Mattingly loves Rollins for his obviously veteran, his experience, his playoff experience, and he his fielding. So he's gone on record saying that Rollins is going to be the starter, but I agree with you guys. I don't know how you cannot start Seager when he's playing the way that he is. And I feel like the, you know, kind of the youth of this team has really boosted them a lot in the last couple of weeks ever since Seager, you know, came up. And like you said, Shebler too had a great, has had a great couple of games as well. So I think those guys have been a really, really quality addition to this team and at the right moment in the season. Yeah, and, and youth even before that has been catalyst. And Enrique yeah. Hernandez was a catalyst, you know, last couple months until he got injured. So these young guys, these kind of spark plug, I hate to use that term, utility guys, Seager's not utility, but these guys who are trying to find a role, those guys have been the spark plugs. And the, the veterans, the Carl Crawfords, the Jimmy Rollins, the Adrian Gonzalez, he's having a great year, but a very quiet great year. They're totally. doing what they do. It's these young guys who seem to be kind of setting the table. Yeah. Um, game three in, in, uh, in Anaheim with the Angels, was interesting to me uh, that the whole series is a playoff series. The, the Angels may still make it; they're a good team. Uh, that third game was a playoff game. Dodgers didn't pass the test. Garrett Richards is legit. Dodgers didn't find a way to hit him. Plenty of people don't find a way to hit Garrett Richards. He's mm-hmm. very, very good. But you got to do better than you know what was it? Two, three runs, four hits. Uh, in nine innings, that's a tough game. Yeah. yeah, they're lucky that the Angels can't really hit right now, too. Yeah, I mean, even Trout, one of the best plays in the game, if not the best, has been in a funk for like three weeks. Angels, you know? Angels, going to end the season the way they started it. That first month, they couldn't hit at all. Yeah. Then they got hot for about four. Now they're not hitting again. Yeah. It's the weirdest bookend of the season. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, the Dodgers. I again, the bullpen screws up, gives up a run instead of five. <laughs> uh, but the bullpen screws up again after the Dodgers work to tie the game in the top of the eighth. Um, and they don't hit Garrett Richards at all, you know. And I know that happens, but you're going to see a lot of Garrett Richardses in the playoffs. The Cardinals got four or five of them: Carlos Martinez and Michael Walker. And you think those guys are, you know, laying the ball over the plate? Mm. <laughs> those guys are having better seasons than Richards. Well, Walker smashed us last year in the playoffs. Yeah. We couldn't hit off of him last year, so it's. It, you're right. It is a great test. A great playoff atmosphere for them and the fact that they didn't pass is a little unsettling um it's not as unsettling to me though as the bullpen to be honest because i know we've got the hitters maybe it's a mental thing i don't know but the bullpen is something that we really i don't think these guys can get any better so that's that's what's scary to me (laughs) and it's it's the bigger test for that whole series you won two out of three on the road against a plus 500 team Totally passed that test. That's the biggest test. You passed it. You won that series. If it were a best-of-three playoff series, you're moving on to the next round. But that one game in a vacuum against Richards, you know, unfortunate. Happens, though. Whatever. Uh, The Friday game in Arizona, we won't talk about. Uh, One thing I will say is I was sad a position player did not get to pitch. Who would you have liked? Ooh, on the mound as a position player. This is a good Mm -hmm. question. Um... Well, first you have to think who Mattingly would have liked, and Mattingly would have liked somebody not as valuable. So like a Ronald Torres or somebody coming off the bench, right? Mm. Somebody who's not quite as important. Shebler. Shebler's a great candidate to pitch that game. Mm. Um, I think I would have liked... Ronald Torres wasn't yet with us at this point. Was he not there Friday? He came up yesterday? I think he came up today, right? You're, okay, the game. okay, you're right. You know? um, first Major League hit today. Shebler would have been... Ronald. <laughs> Shebler would have been a good one. Uh, Ruggiano hit the grand slam. I guess somebody like that could have pitched. 
Yeah, Chris Heisey. Oh, like Alex that. Guerrero. That's a good one. How often does that happen, though? A lot. Teams will do it a lot now because you really? don't want to burn a pitcher. Yeah, yeah but, that's true, I guess. But, but expanded rosters. Yeah. A little yeah, bit you're never going to see yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Post well, they were up 12 nothing in the sixth inning, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was, um, was really bad. Yeah, that was that was that, was, <laughs> that was really bad. I was shocked that we actually scored four runs. I mean, here's I mean here's the thing to me: you didn't score four till what two outs in the ninth. Exactly, <laughs> I know. It's like that's what I mean. I was shocked. And they were all unearned to make it worse. I know yeah. it was on a grand slam, but it's all after an error. Ch- Charlie Stein went mental. Like it was like you know tying the game or something. <laughs> I was like Charlie. You need two more of those to tie it. <laughs> Listen, it's happened before. Oh. A guy, what Fernando Tatis hit two in an inning, two grand slams in an inning before. It there could happen. Um, that's a crazy inning. Uh, to <laughs> me, Alex Wood, maybe the one serious takeaway from this: two starts ago, or whatever Wood's best start was, he's not that good. And Friday night, the worst start, he's not that bad. He falls in the middle. You throw away the best one, the worst one. And and he's a six-inning, three-run guy very broadly. And we knew that going in. Uh, you hope that if he starts in the playoffs, this sort of stuff doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Diamondbacks aren't a playoff team, so you hope this doesn't happen. It's a better club, but it might. So I want to know, Bobby, who – we obviously know Granky Kershaw, one, two, whichever order. But who are you – See, seen as 3-4 or at least who would you guess Mattingly would put in 3-4 uh, I think the Dodgers buy the Toronto Blue Jays stick David Price third I'm just kidding. Um, no, listen, that's the problem. They don't have anybody nice. legit. What do you do? What do you do? Do you do Mike Bolsinger? He had an iffy you know, start where he really struggled with command this yeah. week. Do you do Brett Anderson? I think he's probably the smartest bet right there. Uh, do you do Alex Wood? You definitely don't do Latos. Uh, you don't do somebody like Nicasio, who's yeah. been a starter. I think he's too. He's been too long in the bullpen. He's had a good year in the bullpen. Um, do you do Joe Wheeland, who came up Oof. earlier this week? I mean, you don't have a lot of options. No. I think it's probably Brett Anderson. As I think of now it's Brett Anderson. I think the three yeah. you're going to see are maybe in this order because you want to flip lefty righty. Maybe uh, Kershaw, Granke, Anderson, and then Bolsinger. I think you'll need three. I think they only use three. Really? I think you only use three, and you probably carry. You probably leave Latos off the postseason roster. I hope they leave Jim Johnson off the postseason oh, roster. Uh, but they got him for a reason, so you never know. Yeah. Um, and then you probably put Bolsinger in the bullpen because in case Anderson blows up, or to be fair, it could happen to Granky or Kershaw. In case somebody blows up, you need somebody who can legitimately throw like four innings. And then you've got Yimmy Garcia and Nicasio, who are each reliable enough for like two or three at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. That, that's what's going to happen. In these last three weeks, they really got to find some guys in the bullpen that can get yeah. it going. Yeah. You know? And so you just got to kind of run them out there and say, hey, we got confidence in your sport, when really maybe you don't, because baseball is a game of confidence. Just run them out there, and hopefully one of these guys gets going. Because out of, like, Baez, Nicasio, Avilan, and Howell, you have to get, like, two of those guys to rely on to set up, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think the starting is going to be fine. You obviously have the two studs. Anderson, if he can stay healthy, I think will be serviceable. And then you have Wood and, you know, Bolsinger kind of vying out for that four spot here, you know, just to finish out the season. Um, where they do have a nice big lead here, seven and a half games, do they go? They would never go to a sixth. I think they're going to think about it. Yeah. Here's the thing. So here's the deal for me. We'll talk about this at the end of the show, but they play the Rockies the next three games. Um, you got to sweep the Rockies. Absolutely have to. They're on the end of a 10-game road trip. They're awful. They're a spunky bunch. They're that Rockies awful. Club. Actually, they did win the series in Seattle today, but the Rockies are not good. But the Mariners are not good if, either. Well, the Mariners are not as bad as the Rockies. <laughs> if you sweep the Rockies, and the Dodgers would theoretically go 85-60 and 60 at that point, I don't think it's asking too much to sweep the Rockies in L.A. At that point, even though Pittsburgh comes to town, which is a big series for the Pirates, if you win these three against Colorado, it's not as big of a series for you, and you can start setting your rotation for the playoffs. In a weird way, that Rocky series is very important because if you take care of business, the last 12 games are not going to mean near as much as they would have meant otherwise. Mm-hmm. Assuming the Giants don't have another stretch in them where they come back, and I don't think they do. I think that's probably it for the Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you start setting your rotation for the playoffs, and you start counting backwards and saying, Kershaw day one, Greggy day two, whatever, and then who's day three? You know, who's maybe do we do a mini rotation battle and the next two or three starts each of these guys gets Wood, Anderson, Bolsinger, 
we're going to figure this out right now. Yeah. I think that's the best way to go for them. I think that's what they should do because none of these guys are proven. They've all had their shaky starts. And I think if you maybe put a little bit of pressure on them, like, hey, look, we're trying to figure out our playoff roster, our playoff rotation. We're going to do a trial run now. Let's see what you can do. Do you want to be – do you want that third spot? Do you want that fourth spot? Do you want to be, you know – pivotal to this team and used for this team, I think that maybe somebody might surprise us and hopefully show up and give us a little confidence for uh, that third or fourth spot. I have a question for you, Bobby. Yeah. What, like, a September call-up, can they be put on the playoff um, roster? I don't know. The, that that's a good question. I don't know the exact rule, but there are September guys who can be put on the roster because... Seeger, I believe, would qualify for the playoff roster. That's a good question, and yeah. I should have looked that up before. Um, it also depends on guys you trade. I think the rules are the guys you trade. If you acquire a guy, the, the Dodgers, this is a piece of news for folks who probably missed it, the Dodgers traded Darwin Barney to the Blue Jays today. I don't. Believe How could Darwin, you miss that, people? <laughs> I don't believe Darwin Barney can be on the Blue Jays' playoff roster because he's been traded after, after August 31st, right, yeah. after the waiver trade deadline. As right. far as call-ups, I believe you can, but we should probably check that for next week. That's mm-hmm. a great question. Yeah. Um, but and, and, and you're talking about auditioning, Christina, and the audition for me on Saturday, Bullsinger's audition, not good. Didn't go well. Uh, short leash, three and two thirds, gave up what? Two, three runs, got pulled, gave up three earned and three and two thirds, four walks, seven hits, a ton of base runners, one missing bats. Uh, one cool thing about Saturday's game, J.P. Howell got the one-pitch win. <laughs> yeah. This is why you kill the win. He threw one pitch, he gets a win for it. That's ridiculous. Uh, stupid, but whatever. Uh, Dodgers come back, win 9-5 to five that game, scored the first seven runs, and then uh, kind of held on for dear life a little bit at the end. Um, but did what you had to do. Seager, huge night, 4-4-4, three-run, three RBIs, hitting 467 going into today's game. Uh, I think that's okay. Six. I mean, sick. we'll take it. <laughs> With no Jimmy Rollins. Can he pitch, though? <laughs> Can he pitch? No, that's the real question. Uh, and then today, let's get into today's game. Then we got a ton of questions for you guys. We've kind of already gone through some of them. But today's game, Dodgers win 4-3. Uh, to three. Zach Grinke threw eight scoreless. Uh, and then the ninth happened. And we've kind of touched on this. This is Kenley Jansen. When he has a blow-up day, it's magnified because the rest of the bullpen has had a blow-up season. Yeah. So his blow-up day was today. Gives up a couple hits in a walk. One of those hits is a three-run bomb to Jared Salta-Lamakia, who was literally out of a job earlier this year, and the Diamondbacks took a chance on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good on him, I guess. Uh, but the Dodgers still win. All that matters is the win. Tell me, all that matters is the win. It is. That's not true. Um, <laughs> I wish I could tell you that. But it's kind of like today's game is kind of like a microcosm of the Dodgers series. Yeah. I mean, uh, season. Grinky absolutely lights out filthy like he usually is for eight innings. And then has to turn it over to the bullpen. And it's just like a nightmare watching it. And like even when he got a couple guys out, okay, then they put, uh, put runners on. It's like, oh. And then all of a sudden it's 4-3. It's like, say... Grinky gets his pitch count up, and and you have to bring in somebody in the eighth. It's like, who is it? You know, we have nobody right now that has proven that. You know, you're gonna have to Mattingly's gonna have to match up and pitch like three pitches in one inning. You know, yeah. he's just gonna have to keep doing, it, which you can get away when you have a 40 man roster in September. But you know, come October, you're not gonna have that luxury. You know, so and that that sound that you made the. Is, is exactly how I feel every time one of these guys from the bullpen hits the mound because you're you're kind of like, ooh, just waiting for the other shoe to drop, waiting for them to just get blown up because it's happened so much. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, can Granky and Kershaw just pitch all nine innings? I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think they're going to go with the Madison Bumgarner model from last year. <laughs> Granky and Kershaw saw that like we all did. And... I think we're lying to ourselves if the Dodgers have not implicitly or explicitly had the conversation with them. We're going to go a little bit lighter with you at the end of the year. I know Granky went eight today. Kershaw's last start was seven, I believe, which for him is a light day. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, he starts tomorrow, right? And he starts tomorrow yeah. again. So if he goes, yeah. So watch this tomorrow. If they get if they get ahead on the Rockies, you know, six nothing or something, watch them pull him after six, and they'll try to lighten him up a little bit here. Yeah. 
they got to get up by enough runs. Yeah. But they'll try to lighten them up a little bit here because in the playoffs, I think they're going to go full on Bumgarner. And they're going to say, you two are going to throw 150 pitches every game. We're going to get everything we can out of you, and whatever's left is left. Yeah. And at that point, to me, if, if Kershaw goes eight and a third and 140 pitches in a hypothetical game, and the bullpen comes in and blows it at that point, what more do you do? Yeah. Totally. You know? The thing is, is, those guys are going to go kicking and screaming as far as like weaning them down because they repeatedly yeah. say they pitch their best when they're on their regular rest yeah. and they're out there every fifth day, you know? So that's going to. It's going to take some doing to get those guys not to be out there. You you could still do this. Can sound weird, but you could still do a five man six man rotation. So have five slots. So Kershaw and Granky are in the same slots, but in those other three slots, mix in guys. Yeah. yeah. You know, mix in. I don't know. Ian Thomas. Who cares? Mix in White Whelan. Mix in Bolsinger and Wood, and kind of mix and match guys there. Yeah. So you could still give Granky and Kershaw the normal rest for them, mm-hmm. but but audition everybody else. Um, like but yeah, that. I think I think they're going to go full on Madison Bumgarner. They have to sell out. The pressure's on Kershaw. It's a dumb conversation. I hate having the conversation. The people, well, Kershaw sucks in the playoffs. Yeah, small sample size, incredible pitcher. You know, if he does it again this year, that'd be unfortunate. It's it doesn't define him. But that conversation has taken so much hold in baseball. I think you're lying to yourselves if you say the Dodgers don't feel it on some level. Yeah, you know. <laughs> The one thing is, is Baumgartner has proven it in the postseason. So for him to just go that extra mile and also come out of the pen, yeah, that seems like a logical next step for somebody that's had the success in the postseason. Whereas Kershaw, we still need to see it. You know, I mean, he hasn't been the same pitcher the last couple postseasons as he was in the past couple regular seasons. So. Before we get ahead of ourselves and saying he's going to come out into the pen in a game seven or anything like that, let's see how he does in game one and four, you know? Well, would you say that this year's team is better than last year's team? Mm. It's deceiving because this year's team, I don't know what the final games back is going to be with San Francisco, whoever finished the second, probably San Francisco. Um, but this year's team, I don't think, had it in the bag quite as early as last year's team did. So they coasted a little bit more last year. So I think the the you know esoteric feeling that I have without breaking the numbers down of each one is that last year's team was better, but I don't know if that's true. Last year's bullpen was better because yeah. it'd be difficult to be worse. <laughs> well, that's why the reason I asked that question is because maybe going into the playoffs this season – Kershaw and Granke have that mentality like, well, we legit have a chance for World Series. Let's give it our all. Let's throw it all out there. I think on the flip side, though, this year's NL playoff contenders are better than last year's. The two wild cards in Pittsburgh and Chicago or St. Louis, whoever it is, are, forget about it. Those those two teams would lead any division in baseball yeah. and their wild cards in their own division because the Cardinals are so good. Yeah. So the competition is better, too. So it's tough to make that comparison. And the it's, Mets are playing good. And the Mets are playing real well. And the Mets have a ridiculous amount of pitching and Bartolo Colon. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I love him. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a tough comparison. I don't know. Yeah. Not to mention all the pitching that he's eaten that they might not have. But then on the other yeah. side, too. Eat John Main. <laughs> so that happened to John Main. <laughs> nice. On the other side, too, as we speak about Kershaw's you know, struggles in the postseason in the past, maybe that will have some sort of influence on him as well in his mind saying like god i really need to prove myself i am a great pitcher and it's not showing in the playoffs i need to prove myself and maybe that See, will have an effect on it too i to don't know me, i think that that is the argument that folks make really like well kershaw sucks it's time to prove himself in the playoffs these are competitors. These guys, Kershaw. If you were playing wiffle ball with Kershaw tomorrow, man, mm-hmm. he would he would compete the exact same way he does in a baseball game. And that's not belittling the baseball game. That's 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 what competitors do. Right. Mm-hmm. You show up and you want to play. So for him, and this is good, and for any one of these guys, it's the same thing. You're trying to make it the same thing in the playoffs as you do in the regular season. When it's not the same thing, when you make it something more, you get tight, you get nervous, you screw up. Absolutely, that's so, true. So then maybe that's what has been the problem in the past, yeah. and maybe. This year, it's a, a release of mental, you know, pressure of him saying, "You know what? I'm just going to go out there and do my thing." Yeah, and and, the, and it could be that too. I mean, he's got a very well documented routine, like every pitcher does. He's got a very well documented routine, and it's like this is just game 164, whichever game you end up starting. Right, and they're an odd bunch those pitches. 
They're weird, man. Yeah. <laughs> They're weird, man. Go no further than uh, than Granky and Brett Anderson. Two different kinds of goofy, but those guys are goofy. Something I was a little encouraged with today is uh, Turner got two hits. So hopefully he's coming out of his little funk and get him hitting again. Yeah. Because you know? the best way to... Uh, is to not have that bullpen pitch. <laughs> the best way to not have to watch that bullpen. I just heard you trail off. Is just yeah, it was a niner in there. <laughs> but to, to the best way to deal with this current situation of the bullpen is to just blow teams out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Couple quick questions for you guys. A little quiz yeah. for you folks at home and you too. Love that. Uh, Corey Seager in the last seven days. Go. This is going into Sunday. I didn't print off the things immediately after this game's attended. Mm-hmm. But going into Sunday in the last seven days, Corey Seager is the best hitter by average on the Dodgers. Who is second best? On the team, last seven days at the plate. Uh, By average, batting average. Uh, Justin Ruggiano. Who you got, Christina? Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of who's been hot in the last... Utley? Utley, uh, Utley's 5 for 20. Ruggiano's hitting 364. <laughs> the answer... Is Jock Peterson? I I felt like that was the low hanging fruit, so I didn't want to go for that. I thought it was kind of a trick that maybe there was somebody else that was hitting. You know what I've been loving out of Jock, and this is why he's hitting so good. Going the other way. Yep. Went the other way with a base hit today. Then uh, Saturday night went the other way. Loving. You know, open up that whole field. Boom. That's that's. That's when you become a good hitter. You know, he's never going to be a three hundred hitter. No. But there's no reason why he can't be a two seventy, two seventy five guy that just hits rocket shots. You know, why not? Or even two fifty. If you hit two fifty with thirty home runs, which are easily attainable for him when mm-hmm. he gets into the flow of things, mm-hmm. with the eye that he has, as many pitches as he sees, he is going to walk a thousand times a season. And I almost mean that literally. Right. He's going to have a four. He should have a four hundred on base percentage almost every season from now on, which would be insane. But that's him. That's what he does. Yeah. Now he's going to strike out thirty percent of the time, but he's also going to walk an insane amount. Yeah. So if you can hit two fifty or two seventy, would be the goal. Yeah. Um, he'll never win a batting title, but he can win an on base percentage. Title. And he's above average center fielder. Yeah. He he caught a ball the other day. Like on the run that most guys would have had to die for, and he was just like striding. I, I think it was Friday night. I forget who it was. I was like, "Oh, that's in the gap." <laughs> oh, nope. Turns out it's not. He's catching it in stride. <laughs> I was like, "Damn, Jacques." Yeah, and I know I've compared him to Puig in the past, but like you said, Bobby, I think that Jock has a much better eye when it comes to pitches, and so I agree with you that he will ultimately have a better on-base percentage than Puig, who just sometimes seems to swing at every single pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Without regard at all. You know, they're different approaches. I mean, yeah. they're different approaches no, for totally. these two guys. And doing two different things. And I think Jock, even though Jock strikes out a lot, and even though he's never going to hit anywhere close to 300, most likely, he can still be a leadoff guy because he walks so much. Mm-hmm. And I think with a leadoff guy, he's got insane power, which is cool and interesting. And, and the way the Dodgers are built with home runs, totally doable in the leadoff position if he's good. But his on-base percentage, if you get on base 38, 40, 42% of the time in the leadoff role, forget it. And what got into him this week, like the Dodgers? They, did they hit like four leadoff home runs this week? That's what that... they do, though. They just hit homers. Yeah. Insanity. They just hit homers. I mean, that's that's what they do. One more quiz question for you guys before we move on to some cues. Okay. Uh, two pitchers. Last seven days. Well, three of them, but one's Chris Hatcher. He only appeared twice. Two pitchers last seven days have appeared at least three times and have been unscored upon out of the bullpen. Who Oof. are those two pitchers? Juan Nicasio. Nope. Yimmy. Yimmy is one. He's thrown four and a third scoreless innings. Who is the other? Hmm. Pedro Baez? No. He got a little. Wheeling? Um, no, Whelan started. His only appearance oh. was uh, was the start this week. We got to tell you somewhere. <laughs> the other is Bless you. J.P. Howell. Ooh, J.P. Little the deceiving. Pitch, right? <laughs> yeah, three appearances, two-thirds of an inning, and a walk. So welcome your lefty specialist. And, and a win. And a win. Um, so that's, you know, quiz question for you guys. Overall, uh, I used to like J.P. Howell a lot last season. He was pretty good mean, for What do you mean used to? This, because... Yeah. I 
feel like he's not as consistent as he used to be? He is. He he has had the luck of the reliever on him this year. Yeah. A lot of base runners, a lot of inherited runners. Hasn't been burned by anything yet. Uh, a couple times he did, but his ERA is still real low. ERA doesn't tell the whole story, but it's good. Uh, having a having, I think his numbers are better than the year he is having in reality. Having a decent year. Not as good as what the numbers suggest. Yeah. Okay, couple questions for you guys. Uh, we already talked about Puig. I can cross some of these off the list. I'd like to talk a little bit more about Puig, though. Go for it. Like the one thing is like this last injury came just at the worst time for him because he was starting to turn a corner. Yeah, he worked with McGuire and kind of opened up his stance a little bit more, and it was showing. It was paying dividends. He was timed in, and he was. You know, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I bet he was hitting 300 over the past two weeks before he got hurt. You know, and it's just unfortunate that came at the wrong time because it really looked like he was turning into a beast at the he, right time. He raised his season average. If his season ends now, which it looks like the regular season might, he's going to end up hitting 256, 12 doubles, 11 homers in 77 games. Not Puig, you know, that we expect by any stretch, but. It was it was worse two months ago. How worried are you about this injury for him? That was one of the questions I was going to ask for you guys. Uh, Puig, Hernandez, Rollins, Crawford, Kendrick, all different levels of injury. How worried are you about all five combined generally? Well, with Puig, I'm not... To be honest, I'm not uh, certain on how serious it is. It's a strain, right? A hamstring strain. But it's the second time now. Yeah. That's that's the kicker for me. Right. So that's what makes it a little bit more uh, concerning. And hamstrings are just so tough in all sports, but especially football, baseball, where it's the stop and start, quick, quick sprints. Um, it's so, so hard. So for me, I, I don't even know. I don't know. It's Sorry, so, basketball players. Well, <laughs> oh. it's just not as common in basketball. Yeah. Don't you agree? Yeah, I guess more groin injuries. Um, I just don't know. I can't be confident that he'll play in the playoffs, to be honest. I don't. I don't think he'll be ready. I think you plan without him. You plan to be without yeah. him. Yeah. You maybe plan to be without Kendrick until you see what he can do in simulated games in the next couple of weeks. I know it's pretty far out. We're still two and a half weeks out. It's probably too far to have that conversation. Yeah. But just in the back of your head, you got to start making these plans. Luckily, we have 23 outfielders on the roster. Yeah, so that's true. Yeah. And actively trading for more. Yeah. <laughs> um, of all of them, though, I think Hernandez is the one that I am most anticipating on his return. What what exactly is wrong with him? His a hamstring, too. He is? Okay. Yeah. Crap. Um, his a hamstring. Too. Yeah, he was just such. I mean, you mentioned earlier a utility guy. He literally can play any position, and he was so. Uh, I don't even know what the word I'm trying to say right now. He was just very beneficial to that lineup and to that um, every everything all over. He was just a great addition. Yeah, he was clutch. I mean, like um, his versatility. Was, versatility, yeah, exactly. It was just definitely. Uh, Needed, you know, because before they got Utley and Kendrick went down, he filled in there. Then they get Utley and Jock can't hit, so they put him in center field. So it's just, and he was their best hitter there for like a three week stretch before yep. he got hurt. So that's the National League. Uh, Granky for Cy Young, Kershaw for Cy Young, or somebody else. I I vote Granky. I mean, Kershaw's a three time winner. It's almost. Expected of him, he, you're expecting him to have a like Cy Young year every year. But Granke has been, I feel like, has been way better, way better. He's had an unreal season and has been so consistent and so clutch throughout that I feel like he deserves it more than anyone else. I, I can't really think of anyone else in the league that kind of holds a candle to them. Well, Bartolo Colon, obviously. <laughs> I just, they're, they're so, they're both so, so consistent, and that's something that is so important, obviously, in, in a starting pitcher. And both of them went on, on real stretches with no hits, so. Uh, or scoreless innings. Yeah, yeah, scoreless innings. The, uh, I gotta agree with you, I gotta go Granky. I mean, I know you don't like wins, but he's 17-3, and <laughs> which is a filthy record, and he's, after today, his ERA is 1.61, which is best in the bigs. I was gonna actually agree with you on the wins until you took a shot at me. Oh. <laughs> uh, in May and June, when the Dodgers are scoring about a run per start for Granky for like eight straight starts there, mm-hmm. if they had been scoring like a normal ball club, he'd be, you know, what twenty three and three right now, or might have lost a loss on there? Be like twenty three and two or something. That's ridiculous. Wins do not tell the whole story. 
But if you're going to talk about somebody you could have been like 23 and 2 with just a normal average amount of run support, Granke's having a special year. Uh, Seeger versus Peterson. Is this right now what we are seeing how a September call up should go? Best case scenario, great stuff. Does Seeger open the season in the bigs next year? I think so. I think. I take that back. I don't want to say I 100% think so because, like you mentioned, too, a bunch of times, Bobby, that we have a small sample size. I would like to see what he does with the rest of the season and hopefully if he – excuse me, if he can be on the playoff roster, what he can do in the playoffs when it's – it's big boy baseball now, but that's big man baseball in the playoffs. And so it'll be really telling to see what he does in the postseason. And I think that determines whether or not he is on the starting squad next season. Yeah, I think that um, it really kind of depends on what he does in the playoffs. So if he falters, maybe they do start him out in AAA next year and not start his clock until June, you know? I mean, I know GMs kind of like to do that. But uh, like with Chris Bryant this year. You but know? his clock starts. When you come up, your clock starts. So his clock has already started. Bryant was different because he hadn't been up yet. Oh, even yeah. a September call-up? Yeah. So his clock starts. His service time has started. Oh, then have him so the bigs. It, also, mean, it depends, though, on who you get as a free agent if you go get anybody as a shortstop next year. I don't believe Jimmy Rollins is going to come back. He shouldn't come back. I hope he doesn't come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure there's a team that takes him. Maybe Oakland's a spot. Oakland had a terrible terrible situation at shortstop with Marcus Simeon. Dude's made 300 errors this year. Mm-hmm. Maybe Jimmy Rollins goes home, finishes his career in a rebuilding mode, and he's the veteran they build around. Um, shouldn't be back in L.A. But it depends if you go get a veteran or if you just say, you know what? 150 games, Seager, it's yours. Yeah. I, I'd be happy either way, depending on who the veteran is, but I guess we'll see. Trades. Uh, Dodgers trade Darwin Barney today. Yes, he is still alive. He's going to Toronto. Uh, Daniel Coulomb goes to the A's. What the hell are the Dodgers doing trading a relief pitcher? Clearly, the Dodgers don't know what they're doing in the <laughs> pitching realm at all, aside from Granke and Kershaw, which... I don't think it really matters what they do because they're going to go out and perform no matter what. So the Dodgers, Mattingly, they have no say really. I, I, you know, I, th- I thought they liked Coulomb. Coulomb, I believe, is a Texas Tech guy. He's a little lefty situational guy. And I know you got J.P. Howell. But you've already given up Paco Rodriguez, your other lefty situational guy. And I thought they really liked Coolum. They had him up last year. He was nasty for a short time, and then he kind of struggled. But I don't understand giving him up, and I don't understand giving him up now. Yeah. But... Hey, we said that about Justin Ruggiano, and look what's going on. We said that about you know Chase Utley, and he's been really needed because Kendrick got injured. So we may not know everything. And those guys, once you do get your guys back, and those guys become bench players, now you're you know kind of coming up with veterans in those pinch hitting roles, and yep. that's really key. And that and that I think is the biggest case to start Seager throughout the season and in the playoffs. Two things: you want Seager to have at bats. That's what Jock needed last year. In his September call-up, you need young guys to see the ball every time. If they go into a historic, you know, 0 for 30, set them down. But you need them to have at bats because they're not used to it like veterans are at this level. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Rollins, he can bat in the eighth every day. He can he can come up when you need a sacrifice fly with a guy on third with less than two outs in a tie game in the playoffs. That's a Jimmy Rollins situation. That may not be a Corey Seager situation. Mm-hmm. So I do like him on the bench. Last question, last focus, I guess. Upcoming for the Dodgers. Here's the rest of the season. Three at home versus Colorado. Three at home versus the Pirates. Four at home versus the Diamondbacks. Three on the road at Colorado, four on the road at San Francisco, and they finish with three at home against the Padres. What are you looking forward to this week? Rockies and Pirates at Dodger Stadium go. Well, you mentioned it earlier. The Rockies is kind of a must-win series for them, and it will make it so that heading into the Pirates series, it's a little less pressure on them. Um, So I agree with you. I think they have to win all three games against the Rockies. Pirates is going to be tough, but if they can take, if they can go two out, two out of uh, three, I'd be real happy with that. Yeah, I mean, you got to at least take two out of three from the Rockies, if not sweep them. And then, so I think, you know, they're, they're up seven and a half right now, and at this point in the season, 
it's going to take a collapse for them not to win it. You, so. need, a, you need a Mets in 2007 collapse at this yeah. point. Literally. Yeah. It was, I think it was seven and a half games at this point. Yeah. That's what you need. Um, so if they go 500, they're in good shape. Exactly. And I think if you, in the six games this week, if you go four and two combined against the Pirates and Rockies, however it is you do that, three against the Rockies, one against the Pirates, you don't want to lose two or three against Pittsburgh. But if you go four and two in that situation, okay. To me, and I know this sounds crazy, and it's not just because I like the Rockies that I'm saying this, but that's part of it. Oh, boy. Uh, the Rockies series is one of the most underrated, important series of the year in this way. The rotation setting that we talked about. If you sweep the Rockies, you put that much more ground ahead, you can set your rotation. The other thing is this. The Pirates are going to come in playing their faces off. Because the Pirates are playing for, the, as far as they're concerned, they're playing for their lives right now. They're going to make the playoffs. They're obviously a wild card. They want that division. And mm-hmm. they have a shot at that division in the Central. They're going to be playing like gangbusters. If you do, if you take two out of three from the Rockies or one out of three and the pressure is on you and you feel bad about yourselves, the Pirates are coming in with a playoff atmosphere. If you sweep the Rockies, you don't have to play their game for three games at Dodger Stadium. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but you don't have to play into their sense of urgency because you've done your job the first three before that, and you can play your game, and if you take one or two, great, you're going on to the next series. You get four against Arizona. You can eat wins there. Yeah, I think it'll be a good series for the for some of the young guys that are you know coming yeah. up here this season and stuff to get that kind of playoff atmosphere going. You know, before the actual playoffs come, we might see the Pirates again in Dodger Stadium in two or three weeks. This is true. <laughs> they Gary. are tough. Um, <laughs> I guess I guess that's about it. Any more takeaways uh, from you guys? I cannot wait for this Rocky series. I cannot wait to recap Rocky's games next week. Uh, man, He's going to have more Rocky's knowledge oh, than Dodgers next week. We're going to talk so much about Jorge De La Rosa. I cannot even wait. Uh, no, seriously, last things on the Dodgers. Uh, last couple weeks of the season, playoffs, whatever. Final thoughts? I'm excited. I'm going to the game tomorrow, possibly Tuesday. Yeah, bring it on. So, It'll be nice to see Kershaw start tomorrow and see it up close and personal. I haven't watched him. I haven't seen him start all season. I've only been to a couple games, so I'm excited for that. I think that it's a important time in the the back end of the season, and I'm hoping that the Dodgers can stay on this hot trend and head into the playoffs with a you know positive start. I don't even know. What Absolutely, I'm to say. yeah. I mean, gotta. <laughs> Get healthy here over the next couple of weeks, so that adds yeah. to your depth. And try and find some arms out of the bullpen that you can trust, and a third starter and maybe a fourth starter emerge. That's what we're hoping for for these next three weeks. So we shall see. Dodgers are eighty-two and sixty-seven of the next ten are against sub five hundred NL West teams in LA between the Rockies and Diamondbacks with the Pirates sandwiched in between. I think at the end of that Arizona series, the Dodgers need to have at least eighty-eight wins and really probably eighty-nine or ninety in a best case. Uh, eat wins against the Rockies, eat wins against the D-backs, do whatever you do against the Pirates, and you're you're relatively home easy for the last ten days before the playoffs. Uh that's it, man. That'll do it for us, guys. Thank you very much. We'll be here next week talking Rockies, Dodgers Rap 360. And, uh, <laughs> no, but seriously, go Rockies. Uh, that's it this week on AfterBuzz. Uh, hit subscribe if you haven't already. Mike is not on Twitter. Forget about him. Christina is at Tina Cap on Twitter. Uh, I am at Bobby DeMuro. We'll see you guys in seven days for more Dodgers Rap 360. Have a great week, guys. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.